0: After the Chris Armis news last week and the Greg Vanney announced for the week before, I think uh, this week we've officially reached the dog phase of the off offseason. Uh, but don't worry, still got plenty to talk about on this week's edition of Waking the Red Weekly, presented by Footy Talks. My name is Today on the show, we'll go through a grab bag of topics, including the MLS Super Draft, both the Canadian men's and women's national teams and the Canadian Premier League as well. Uh, With all that being said, while we do have a show rundown today, we are more than happy to take your questions if you have them. So uh, feel free to ask, interact, rant in the comments section, and we'll do our best to get through them or get to them throughout the show. Uh, But before we get into that, Jeff, Michael, how are you guys doing this week? Better than it is outside. Yeah, I was going to say, trying to stay warm. Yeah. (laughs) Trying to make the show run long, so maybe... uh, Maybe some of the snow will melt before I have to go out there and shovel it. But That's I'm not, the
1: hope. That's <laughs> the hope.
0: Not likely. Not likely, I don't think, <laughs> um, at the moment. Um, but uh, while it is cold and while there is uh, snow outside, we do finally have something to look forward to. Um, massive asterisks, of course, attached to all of this. As I, I love that you did that on the Wake in the Red website uh, for the announcement article for when MLS is supposed to return, as we all know, um, <laughs> in today's day and age, there's an asterisk attached to everything, but in, for this, it might be more based on labor negotiations than anything to do with the, the pandemic, although, the, although obviously that remains major factor, but... Uh, let's go through the dates quickly here. February 22nd, that's when the start of pre- preseason is planned for MLS. Uh, that'll be six mm-hmm. weeks before opening weekend on April 3rd. Decision day, November oh oh,
2: oh, 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 it's not just the opening weekend. Please refer to it by its proper name, Mitch. It's been tagged <laughs> MLS is back, because that is a
0: buzzword. Oh, of course. Mm -hmm. The AT&T MLS is back call to the field. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then uh, decision day, November 7th, MLS Cup, December 11th. They are also hoping for the return of the much-anticipated Leagues Cup, Campionas Cup, and uh, MLS All-Star Game, I know. Um, our Martin Bailey is uh, fist pumping somewhere at the return of the league's cup, but um, everybody's favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any, any thoughts on, on these announcements guys? I know, like, like we said, there's, there's certainly, uh, you know, plenty of moving pieces in all of this, but, uh, at least we have something to look forward to now. And and that's kind of this week's theme of the show is a lot of dates coming out. Will they happen?
2: <laughs> only, <We> the, <laughs> only the shadow knows for sure. Yeah. Or, or John Barber's shadow. Um, yeah. I mean, is it, though? Is it, is, 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 it, is it actually happening? Like, we're still in a huge flux with the Canadian teams and, and Twitter. Um, yesterday uh, uh, went Sherlock Holmes on on the press release, like looking for clues as to what it means for the Canadian teams. And the, the general consensus was more of the same, more of the mm-hmm. same, just we don't know. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys caught this, that MLS uh, started a Twitter account for its labor negotiations yesterday. That can't be good. <laughs> I mean, that, that can't be good. Uh, you know, certainly one would argue that it allows us access to information, but that I would counter that it, a- it allows us access to information from one side of the table. So judge everything that comes out of that account with a, with a serious grain of salt. And uh, also it can't be ignored. That's a bit of a shot across the bow in terms of they wanna play this out in the court of public opinion. Um, and that's never a good thing so I, I i have i have feelings of dread i've got the fear guys
1: that's what caught me jeff and mm-hmm. is the fact that they are playing it out in the sort of the court of public opinion there um there's hope i believe i guess they're they're giving us as they, they the latest statement that they provide is that they're finalizing agreement with their players association mm-hmm. so hopefully this concrete schedule i think that's it's really the best thing that came out of this is MLS now has something to sort of a uh, concrete schedule framework to work out of work off and even in these negotiations. I know we were hearing like a feb a January twenty eighth deadline to sort of come to a conclusion of all of this, but mm-hmm. perhaps it it pushes this back a little bit. But they still ideally would like to have players at, agreed to a new deal before the start of um Precedent. sort of start trading camp. Yeah, which is yeah, like, yeah, yeah. also does require that fourteen day quarantine. Mm-hmm. Howdy um,
2: presents the, the Continental Tire preseason is back tournament <laughs> of champions, yes.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, on one hand, it's great that we have something to look forward to. On the other hand, we we, we don't know for sure yet, but um, both sides are moving closer to an agreement by all, by all, you know, indications. So, fingers crossed, man, and I'm looking forward to getting back to a full
0: season as opposed to what it was last year. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, definitely. I think, uh, in terms of asterisks, hopefully, we can remove one from the competition schedule itself, which was <laughs> de- definitely something that uh was big last year. Oh boy, we got a we got a George stroller from George. We, we asked for it though, we did ask, yeah, we did. Few, we asked so. for it. So, I'm just gonna, <laughs> so,
2: is there enough yeah. room on the screen? Okay, there we go. Uh, I'll start. <laughs> I'll take the first stanza. <laughs> I wish MLS had the courage to follow NHL, pay the Canadian clubs forward in 21, and relocate the near-border U.S. clubs to Canadian stadiums for a North division for a month's round of matches. New England, Chicago, Minnesota, Seattle, and Portland, maybe? Your thoughts. Uh, I mean, the first thought is that you know, NHL is obviously a lot more of a Canadian thing than MLS is, and mm-hmm. uh, you'd be asking those teams you know as opposed to asking the canadian teams to make a sacrifice which seems to be the way to go here you'd be asking american teams to make a sacrifice and play out of market and i just i just don't see that happening i don't think we have enough of a bargaining chip to do it that being said and again i'm working through this as we go um the situation with COVID is a lot better here than
1: it is there so maybe i feel like we're back at square one again like if we had mm-hmm. the, these conversations like you know, it was like seven months ago, where TFC were still trying to figure out where when they were going to play, and I, I just feel like we're going to come to the same end result, and that'll be TFC setting up shop somewhere in the states, Montreal, obviously Vancouver as well, setting up shop somewhere in the states, and you know, Bill Manning left the door open to other possibilities besides East Hartford there in Wrenchler Field. Mm-hmm. Um, he he said that they're considering and weighing all possibilities, so is Toronto FC going to return to the rent if they can't play at BMO Field next year? I don't think that's guaranteed. You have to consider, you know, that that is Yukon foot, men's Football's home stadium. So if they're playing a season there, um, TFC obviously it'd be tough for them to to coincide. Um, mm-hmm. so maybe they have to look elsewhere or perhaps they, they there's a workaround where they can play during the off season, the college football season, but regardless there there's some barriers again that that we we have to overcome here for TFC and it it's going to be it's going to come down to the last minute again because there's too much unknown. There's just too much unknown.
2: I don't think it's a bad shout, George. And I think that, that in terms of logistics uh, and also in terms of just the, the inescapable fact that, you know, Canada has been dealing with the pandemic a lot better than our neighbors to the South. I just, I just can't see that many American teams. um, And and this might just simply be ego or, or, you know, American exceptionalism or whatever the case may be, but I just can't see them. Uh, agreeing to do that because where are they going to train? Where are they going to set up? You know, you're asking teams that played in market last season, uh, you know, and with warts and all, to to suddenly pull a an East Hartford and figure out their training and figure out where they're staying and and that you know for for a league that that suggests that they lost one billion dollars in revenue, you know, asking the better part of the Eastern Conference teams to chalk up more revenue when they don't necessarily have to when, you know, off the back of this labor dispute, you can see where, where it's all going, right? Is This this season's going to be a mess. And and I don't think clearer heads are going to prevail. I think, like Mike says, it's going to go to the last minute and then whatever happens, happens sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I, I think for the simple fact of, you know, quarantines, that sort of thing, like, I don't think the American teams would want to come up here because, I mean, you're looking at, uh in the NHL, the whole Pierre-Luc Dubois trade situation. Like, this guy's got to sit out, what, a good eighth of the season because he has to quarantine after being traded to a Canadian team. Like uh, I think that whole thing just kind of makes this a Um, Mm non-starter.
2: I'm not on hockey Twitter. So I won, I'm I'm guessing the response to that on hockey Twitter has been measured and perfectly
0: rational, right? <laughs> no, I actually, I actually do think people kind of understand that one. In, oh, really?
2: Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Surprised
0: because he didn't um, get been, traded to an Alberta team. Um, right.
2: <laughs> I've just been following the, 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 the progress of Tony D'Angelo's burner accounts. And it's, been oh, boy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's avoid all of that before we <laughs> go too far down the, the rabbit hole, even if it is incredibly entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. Any more points on this, or uh, can we move on? Because uh, again, like we said, there's just uh, a lot of it's just up in the air right now, and and we can speculate as best we can. But uh, I mean, we
2: can we can take a lot of no comfort in the fact that essentially we're being asked to do something that the American teams wouldn't do in a million years, and I, I think mm-hmm. that that's the 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 crux of of George's comment, which is once again we're getting the short end of the stick. I mean, you buy the ticket, you take the ride. We're playing in an American league uh you know we we'll, we'll, look at how canadian players are treated as internationals on american rosters right like you don't have to look very far to see that the pendulum or the scales of justice as they uh, you know wh- uh, whatever metaphor you want to use are, are permanently sort of uh, uh not in our favor
0: yep yeah i think mm-hmm. that's uh that's a fair way of summing it up um let's move on to the the mls super draft which happened this past week um the super draft, an interesting topic as always. I think uh you know certainly has has been a debate for 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 a long time in this league in terms of its usefulness and and whatever we will potentially get into that a little bit later. But Toronto FC did make a selection, twenty fifth overall. Uh Matt DeRosa, a left back out of the University of Maryland. Um They did have the eighteenth overall selection, traded down to twenty fifth. Got some. Uh, general, general allocation money in the process, um, a left back. So that's a, that's a positive there. Fills out a organizational need, certainly. And, and by all scouting reports, a, a pretty decent one of that. Um, Your, your guys' thoughts on, on the pick. We'll, we'll go through some of the other picks as well in a little bit, but you know, I, I think it it's one that makes sense for Toronto FC and, you know, kind of what this draft is, is there for right now is to build out your roster.
1: Mm -hmm,
2: mm
0: -hmm. oh go ahead yeah i was gonna say first off i think we should definitely
1: commend tfc for making that that trade that that fifth getting 50k in gm i know it's the minimum amount that tfc could acquire but with this team's tied up against the salary budget so any little bit there sort of helps and if you take into account new york city fc one pick prior to toronto fc traded their pick away completely without getting another pick in return for the 50k gm and an extra 25k in conditional gm i think by all accounts that was a steal for tfc to be able to hold on to that first round pick and acquire 50k in salary cap that's that's a win so we'll chalk that up there uh moving on to de Rosa. i mean he he fills a need an immediate need that that tfc needed and that was obviously there at left back um that doesn't rule out the possibility of justin morrow coming back i think the two of them there on the left flank but actually be a good sort of duo to go into an MLS season with. Um, I, I have mild expectations for for Derosa, just because he is you know a rookie coming out of the super draft. You never know which which way that'll go, but people have mm-hmm. been saying is that he is one of the most league ready rookies ready to, you know, jump into the MLS right away. Uh, his ceiling may not be the highest, but he he definitely brings a, a steady game, a steady back and forth, a two-way game down that left flank. So uh, perhaps, you know, TFC has been applauded in the past for being a team that's easy to kind to because it's, it's so um, easy to understand your role. So perhaps that'll also play a factor in, in DeRosa sort of um, occupying that left flank. Um, yeah, Jeff, what are your thoughts on under MLS is
2: evil. Why did they break up the brothers de Rosa? That was unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, no <And> why... situation. <laughs> that was no good. Uh the other thing was is 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 Scarf Gate. Like, did they send a box of every team scarf to every potential draft pick and then had someone just sift through them to find the one that they were and then, then they did they have to send the other scarves back? <laughs> I'd imagine, <laughs> or, right? Or is there gonna be like a run on Depop for like other MLS scarves from the from the draft because they're just all selling them for pocket change. That These are things that I'd like to know. <laughs> Cause um, even the
1: people who were traded had, had the new scarves too. So like yeah, if a team yeah. like traded up to acquire someone, they had that scarf mm-hmm. ready. Um, it's interesting. I wonder if they yeah. did have that box. They have to pick through. I'm going to have to pick someone's brain about that. Get
0: that. Please that do. Suit.
2: Please do. I really want the answer to that. I, whether, I remember whether, in
0: the, uh, hmm. I remember in the NHL draft, like uh, like Quinton Byfield or whatever, like all his cousins running around with like different, NHL teams hats. <laughs> he just like given them because he didn't end up going to those teams. So I <laughs> they got all the team scarves and then, uh, and then some, someone, some family member or friend has, you know, uh, I was going to say scarves are nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but nice, if you don't uh, support
2: the team, then you're never, ever wearing it. And especially if you're the family of the kid that got drafted, like why is aunt Maggie wearing a, a real salt Lake scarf? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> 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 um, this, this comes up every year with the Super Draft, and I, I'm sure someone's answered it, but I'm going to ask again. Why does college soccer have different rules than professional soccer? What is the advantage here? I mean, what's with the endless subs and and all the different wrinkles in the college game? Why are they playing a different sport? I mean, I, there's...
1: A, it's not know? there, yeah. I mean, if you like minor soccer, amateur soccer growing up here in, in Canada, you have unlimited subs until... I don't
0: know, like to the semi-professional level, almost. Yeah, um, I never played without unlimited subs, and I like I didn't play at the highest level, but I played high enough that you would think we would have limited subs.
1: Yeah, mm. no, for the for the most part, like in I want to say amateur sport, like substitutions aren't aren't limited. So I think NCAA considered that it is amateur athletes. I think to just reside under that sort of uh, unlimited sub rule, but it's it's a fair shout because mm. these guys they, they could. You know, I don't know if it, it prepares him the best for for professional soccer, but
2: how how can it when when you know this this guy's a left back, right? And the modern fullback is a very <laughs> physically demanding position. He's never gone ninety minutes in that position,
1: right? Has he not? Well, he I don't know, know but I'm, just, I'm gonna I'm just <laughs> guessing. You know, no, no, upon- but it's 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 not like that because I, I like. College soccer, even in in Canada, there are players who go the full ninety minutes, uh, especially mm-hmm. defenders. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that he hasn't gone a full ninety minutes, but it, it's a fair shout. I mean, does it prepare it them seemed, the best again? Yeah, yeah. It just so.
2: seems so illogical. Like, especially with the with the super draft, you would think, you know, considering all the all the bad juju that the the super draft has, and you know, the stats that prove that most players. Are in there for a cup of coffee and then and then they're done. It just seems.
1: The Canadian offering... Premier League has three subs.
2: Well, they have five now.
1: They have five now, mm-hmm. but they they did usually stick to that three sub rule, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, yeah. Inter- I mean, I don't think it's that that obvious. It's because I I like just mm. below the Canadian Premier League. I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if like more leagues use uh, a greater amount of sub just because it gives more players a chance and you know like. Yeah again I think that's the biggest point it gives more players a, an opportunity and I think that's the mm-hmm. goal damage or levels development and uh, I think any obstacle to kind of get around that you just kind of throw away and I, I guess that sub rule is is that obstacle I don't think it's really a hill to, to die on I don't think it's fair to say it it, it takes away mm-hmm. from someone's fitness per right. se cuz someone okay. still be be fit but I mean it's it's a fair concern at least to to have on your radar, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I it's, mean you
2: make a lot of good points, but like I said, it always it always befuddles me because I, you know, I, I just it seems it seems so counterintuitive, but that's just me coming at it from outside.
0: It's an incredibly small sample size, but the guy who I was always told was used in a very NCAA manner was Achara, was this player who they would bring on for 10, 15 minutes at a time and just have him, you know run as hard as he could yeah, yeah. guys and, and really create a lot of havoc and then pull him off again. And then put it, they almost hockey shifted him was what I was yeah, told. Yeah, exactly. Like they did exactly. with the char a lot, but that hasn't seemed to have affected him at the professional level at all. So very um, small sample you know. size. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. very small. He's a golden goal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's the, yeah. That's the thing with this guy is he had two good games and now everyone, <laughs> or even, was it just one good game? It was it was one, bitch. one good one game and a good one. Yeah. So, yeah this guy uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm he's helping about, like, to bronze
2: his statue in front
0: of Bimo later today <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah but but nonetheless uh th- that is definitely a factor um tronnovsi also selected nathaniel crofts who's a right winger uh paul rothrock and defender john talon maples uh, a lot of older guys that seems to be something tronovsi does is they they pick up guys who are just a little bit older than than the university age and i think that's in some ways kind of goes to your point where they're looking for guys who are, who are more ready to step in and play in a professional environment and maybe are getting passed over for, for their age. Um, yeah. I think f- from the draft crop, it's, you know, it's just another couple guys that they can add to that roster and, and add some depth there in, in some positions.
2: Mm-hmm. So Eric G uh, threw something up and he just says, Maryland great. has a great track record Producing MLS ready players, Twelman, Edu, Omar, Mullins, Endo, De La Garza, Zuzi, Sejic, Dwayne St. Clair, Stefan, etc.
1: Something about cool. that DMV area, eh? I feel like two, three, maybe even three of the TFC prospects came out of that DMV uh, area, which is Virginia, Maryland, and DC, obviously. Um, Hey, yeah. I mean, so, something's in the so, just like Brampton here. Maybe something's in yeah. the water there in that that DMV area, and perhaps TFC tapped into something. Uh, mm-hmm, good mm-hmm. shout there by Eric G. I mean, TFC already have you know Subasa Endo. I know went went to the University of Maryland, and I think Patrick Mullins there and Omar Gonzalez. I feel like TFC had one more as well that perhaps went to the Maryland there. And yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I understand what that means now because it took me five <laughs> tries when Eric tw- uh, tweeted turf. And I was like, what's that? And, and then obviously the Turtles are, oh, God, I lost my train of thought. But that has something to do with their university. I know it does. All right, moving on. <laughs> um, I thought we only picked three guys up. I didn't
1: know we picked up four guys. Uh, oh, no, later... we, picked up, we picked up four. The fourth was a center back. Um, okay. The name's slipping, slipping my mind right now. Uh, but John I got, I I
2: got, got Crofts Rothrock. I got Crofts. He's a right winger.
1: So who cares about Piatti? We got a new. Yeah, player. I think Cro- Crofts can play across the front line. It's just more that I've seen from him. Is he seems okay. a little bit more versatile. Just consistency was the biggest question mark with him, but he he's shown promise. And <laughs> consistency
2: when you're playing five minutes. I mean, <laughs> 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 I'm not bring it up forever because I still don't understand it. And then we got uh, Paul Rothrock, great name, uh, who's uh, played at in Georgetown. Four.
1: Georgetown with yeah. with Achara at the same time actually I, there was a YouTube clip of them I think assisting to, uh, a goal to one another and uh, that was that was pretty nice to see them link up perhaps there is some uh, some knowledge that TFC tapped into Achara there about uh, mm-hmm. about Rothrock
2: oh really really all right so it's a terrapin I don't like the Grateful Dead. So it's not in the back of my head constantly because of their record Terrapin Station. I think that that's the secret why people make that association so quickly is that they all love the Grateful Dead. <laughs> Maryland's <laughs> mascot, the Terrapin. Jeff, come on. All right, I'll, I'll never forget again. I promise. <laughs>
1: Until next week. We got um, a lot of Maryland fans in here, eh? Well, Wow. Well. Big Maryland
0: I, show. I think the last thing I wanted to, to touch on with the Super Draft is kind of the philadelphia union thing right they, kind of, just,
1: <laughs> they kind of
0: just uh flexed on everyone and pulled completely out of the draft and we're like we'll just bet on our young kids which mm-hmm. uh, again i think it is a case-by-case basis philadelphia has a great academy they've shown uh, a good ability to bring in academy kids make them part of their um part of their first team roster i'm not saying that toronto doesn't have a great academy i think they do but you know, you're getting free players and you're getting a left back, which Toronto FC doesn't really have that player in their academy right now who's ready to step in. Why not get a, a guy who's played at a solid level, you know, es- essentially for free? Take a look, see what this guy's about. And, I, I, you know, again, Eric G just mentioned them. There's a lot of good players still in the Super Draft as as early as last year. I mean, St. Clair could be Canada's starter. Alistair
1: Johnson. Yeah, Alistair Johnson. Johnson. Yep. Even, yeah, even hey, the case,
0: guys, John Buchanan. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah there's so many um still solid i, I personally i think it's it was so stupid of them
1: to to do that i understand that yeah, like, yeah i see social media message i understand all of that but with that being said tfc acquired 50k in GAM and still kept all like four picks mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Yeah, they, yeah they accomplished the same thing that philadelphia did accomplish and they got to take a gamble on four players I think it's just – I think it was pretty stupid of them and pretty early oh, for yeah. them to jump the gun there. Oh, yeah. I've,
2: I've saved that tweet. I've bookmarked it so that yeah. I can
1: submit it to tweets. I hope, age I hope one of those draft picks comes <laughs> yeah, back yeah. and just carries yeah. on them. And uh-huh. I would yeah. love to see that. Roster. I mean, they've sold yeah, yeah. yeah. half
2: their roster away, right? Like, this yeah. is not the same team that won the supportership <laughs> last season. So all that bluster, I hope it pays off for you, Philadelphia, and, because and, otherwise you got a huge bullseye on your back. So and Philly, me, has, so.
1: Philly has a good academy. They have a lot of good – really good up-and-coming prospects obviously the the two that they sold last season mark mckenzie and brendan aronson mm-hmm. but that being said I, I i'd put tfc up there right with them it's not like philadelphia has the best academy in all of mls they, they don't have any reason to be flexing like this I, mm-hmm. I think i think uh i think this this one might come back to bite them I yeah, hope Jeff, so.
0: uh, <laughs> you are the you are certainly the pettiest among us. <laughs> I expect a full, full report at the end of the season.
2: Of all the guys the Philadelphia Union, I, it's bookmark,
0: it's bookmark, baby. Let yeah, me tell you, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, I can't
2: wait to throw it back in their faces.
0: Yeah, yeah. So definitely, uh, definitely something to watch for uh, coming <laughs> out of this year's Super Draft is is the Philadelphia Union, but. Uh, let's let's continue on here with our grab bag show, as I said. Uh, let's talk some Canadian national team because they had a camp. Didn't really go as planned. Uh, they had initially planned to scrimmage the United States in a pair of matches, but unfortunately that got cancelled. Um, they had some inconclusive COVID tests in the camp and decided, you know, we're not going to risk it here. Um, all those thankfully came back negative, but it ended up Canada playing an inter-squad game. Um, not, I mean, again, we got limited look at this, but... The, the one standout player from that for me from a Toronto FC perspective was Jaden Nelson, who mm-hmm. looked really, really good in that game. Again, playing against uh, a lot of veterans on the Canadian side, I uh, had an assist on the only goal in that game to Derek Cornelius. And yeah, Great I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's really positive for him coming into what I think is an important year, new coach um, at a position where Toronto FC don't really have a lot of depth as big confidence builder. And that's part of the importance of having a camp like this is to give these guys, you know, just just a chance to play right now. And, uh, yeah, you you guys get out out of the house, just a chance to get out
2: of the house, basically. I think, Um, I
1: think before the end of this 2021 MLS season, I think Jaden Nelson is going to be an everyday starter for Toronto FC. Um, I, I think that the talent is is through the roof with this kid and he's growing, he's, he's at an age where his body's growing a lot. Um, and he's becoming more mature in his his decision-making. We saw at the Canada camp that that first-time cross was his weak foot, low-driven, right across the penalty penalty spot. That's that's money in any league that you play in. Yeah. If you're able to drive a ball like that, again, with your weak foot, like the defender's not really expecting that first time to come across, and you're able to find the ongoing attack, That again, that's that's money, especially when you play with the likes of the Josie Altidora, the Iowa Akinola, the guys who crashed the top of the box like that. Um, Even more. Yeah, exactly. Even Patrick Mullins again. Like, if you can provide that level of service, with the, also the potential of taking any defender on the league one v one and netting a goal on his own, potentially. Like, again, the sky's the limit with this kid. I'm so excited to see to see what he's going to produce next year.
2: I loved Schaff. I love. Mm-hmm. I loved what Schaff brought to that to that scrimmage. Um, and oh my god, did you see Noble Okello? <laughs>
1: huge <laughs> is absolute unit absolute unit i think james uh, said said last time on the show i think he has the physique to go anywhere that he wants in, in world football he has that mm. frame and he has that stature and hey from that from a central midfielder if you include the touch and, and the, the passing ability on that that's that could be a, a dangerous product so if he if a yeah. pans out he, he has all the tools but yeah continue jeff
2: I need I need to see some Noble this year. I need to I need to see some of that. Like I'm very, very excited. Uh, my question is 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 another theoretical one because I don't play soccer. When you are doing an inter squad scrimmage, you can't be going a hundred percent.
1: I think if that it's, that's if it's national team camp, I think you could be. I aren't think it's got- trying
2: not to get injured for something
1: as, as
2: inconsequential as an inter-team scrimmage. I mean, again, I'm asking. And so. No, I think,
1: I think if at the end of the day, it's a, you're, you're playing against the players and you're competing against the players in front of you for a spot on that national team. I think that's what it comes down to. Um, just from like in the past, when. uh, you know playing at some pretty decent levels. I, I know scrimmages practices would get get intense because there is that competition within the team. So mm-hmm. I'd imagine the same thing carries over with that national team. I I still think that and even just based off the highlights, I mean, I think people were still kind of going in there were some some hard fouls I saw Ozo. I think tagged I'm not sure if it was Ralph Preso uh but he 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 kicked him pretty dang hard, so um, I don't think I don't think any guys were holding back there during that national team, especially when their spots on the line, okay,
0: fair point, yeah, it's just, it's just, uh, yeah. I'd, I'd say maybe mentally like it, it's not quite a hundred percent like these are still your teammates, so maybe you're pulling back that little bit like in terms of the competitive nature and stuff, like mm-hmm. you saw some smiles and stuff, but like these were the games that were, were replacing the you know, what was supposed to be games against the United States, right? So if you're John Herdman and staff, like, you want your guys going as hard as they can to get properly prepared and to, to work on things like that. So, you know, I, I certainly don't think they were holding and back. Like, this was know- just a... I know that they're teammates. Team
1: I know they're teammates, but like, is Sam Piet and Jonathan Osorio going to hold back if they're tackling one another? I mean, you know, they're, they're,
2: yeah, right. They're not really the best of teammates. Osso and, and Cavallini are are, are are actually properly gunning for each other. So. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think all three of those guys were on the same team, so hopefully they weren't tackling each other. From a different perspective, but um, That's what I'm
2: saying, right? Like, it's a scrimmage, and and some of these guys, you know, have have obligations to their club side and I'm sure they don't want to go back to their clubs and say well you know I'm sorry I tore my ACL in 15 different places in a, in, a, in a scrimmage right I just, again it's it's a it's a risk reward situation and oh, well there's my cat hi cat uh, <laughs> it's a it's a risk reward situation and uh, uh sorry my cat's distracting me because this is his first appearance I was on say it says yeah. first appearance on WTR yeah. weekly that's yeah yeah, that's huge. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's huge pretty
2: huge. <laughs> he's, he's afraid he's got stage right now well um yeah i just i don't know if i would if i would try and win you know to quote tag was, uh co-host if i would be after winning all of my 50 50s on in a, in a inter uh, squad scrimmage but this is what's, just me what's
0: again what's hmm? wrong with the word scrimmage gav is saying or we just said it a lot scrimmage starting to sound really weird to you gav
2: <laughs> yeah, well, now now that I'm looking at how he spelt it, I think he used, like, 15 extra M's, but there we go. We'll put it up there. <laughs> Never 100%, but definitely intense. Also, please stop saying scrimmage. Well, what's the alternative to scrimmage?
0: Inter-squad game. I don't know. Red-white game. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I think we've uh, mm-hmm. I think we've probably exhausted the, the take on that. Other than I, I did want to say, like, yeah, the Schaffelberg-Nelson stuff is promising because, again, that's – that's stuff that Toronto City was missing a little bit last year was that ability for their their wide players to beat guys, and um, both those guys showed an ability to do that during this camp. So hopefully that continues going into preseason and, and hopefully next season as well, because certainly the more options Toronto FC have with that would be good. Um, let's switch national teams here, talk about the women's national team. Bev Priesman calling in her first roster ahead of the She Believes Cup in February. 29-player uh, camp, and as expected, she's getting a wider look at at some of the options that she'll have with the national team. Uh, Bianca St. George, Evelyn Baines, Jordan Listro, Riley Foster, and Samantha Chang getting their first call-ups, um, as well as some young players coming in, Jade Rose and Olivia Smith, who have been called in before. Um, I think Olivia Smith might have made her first game, but I don't think Jade Rose has played at the senior level just yet. So, um yeah I think an exciting roster I mean you've got that mix of young players you've got some new players who have been impressing overseas and, and at home um or at least in the United States so it's, it's a good team and uh I'm excited to see what they can do at this at this tournament. Mhm that's going to be competition. Cool for those yeah. spots. Uh, it's gonna be
1: a competitive group. I think twenty-nine players were called into this this training camp roster. Um and they have to cut it down to twenty three. And if you take a look at the names that are on that list, it's it's not gonna be an easy easy cuts. So obviously you mentioned the, the six players who were first time call ups, but there there's some talent there even though they are young and you know we'll, we'll go back to that adage that james was struggling with last week if, what is it if you're you're if you're good enough if you're good enough you're old enough I if think you're good said. enough you're yeah. old enough so that's huge that's huge yeah so you know the likes of the olivia smith and and jade rose they're like those guys those those girls are they're talented. So I'd expect them to play some sort of role in, in the She Believes Cup as one of the twenty three players. So then you'd look at around it. Who else is is there on that, that team? And there's not many names that you can you can take out of there that have become really household names. Um, over these these past couple of years, because there's there's a lot of consistency in that lineup, and we're all he- we're hearing about more more of these names overseas with, with some of the biggest clubs, obviously with like Chelsea, Man City, PSG. Um, the, the list goes on and on. Tottenham as well. Like we have a, a lot of talented females that are coming up, and it's an exciting time. And it's going to be an interesting time for for Bev Priestman because it's it's a big test for her. Because I believe that the Canadian women are at a time right now where they can, they can take advantage and they can actually make a run here and they have a chance to, you know, bring bring something home that, that's maybe even better than bronze. And again, it's a way that, it's something that can go either way. It can go either really bad or it can be really good. Um, and I think Bev Priestman, her first, you know, shot at the helmet, it's going to be an interesting time. It's a tough
2: group, right? It's like Brazil, Japan, and one other team in our the United in our group. States <laughs> in the
1: in the She Believes. Oh Cup. yeah, those guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. In that tournament, yeah, that, I think that's just more of a, a warm up. I want to say towards gearing towards Tokyo twenty twenty one. Hopefully, that that still goes down. But um, I think that again, that the, their main objective is is the Olympics and the Women's World Cup moving forward.
2: I hate that name, She Believes Cup. I absolutely hate it. I'm really not a fan. I just it yeah. Why? Seems, it just seems so pedantic. The She Believes Cup. I just I don't like the turn of phrase. Uh, but I, the, I'm not going to talk too much about that. It just you know it's not the best tournament name. They can come up with a better one unless it's sponsored by She Believes, which I've never heard of as a brand before <laughs> in my life. So.
0: Yeah. I was gonna say all the other tournaments are just sponsored by stuff, so it's not like I don't see how this is any worse than I don't know. <laughs>
2: but I don't know what she believes is. Is it a is it a non-profit? Like am I making fun of like a charity or something?
1: You could be making fun of a charity <laughs> right now.
0: Yeah,
2: I really, I really hope not. <laughs> all right, whatever. It's snowing outside. What's that? A unicorn? <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: man, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, but you did mention one thing, which is that we hope the Olympics will happen. And that's unfortunately looking increasingly uh, less likely. Um, reports out of Reuters that uh, and other outlets suggesting this summer's Olympics might get cancelled uh, due to pandemic concerns, of course. Um, I, you know, obviously a lot of disappointment. I think we all wanted to see what the Canadian U23 men's side could do. Um we all wanted to see. I, I, I think it's obviously bigger for the women's game. Of course, that's a massive tournament for them. And uh Canada has been preparing for that for a while. So that that's what would really be disappointing if these games got canceled is this opportunity for this very good Canadian side to try and so medal for, for tournaments in a row. Yeah. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. I hope, you know, I almost hope that if it doesn't happen, um, at least on the women's side, you know, they create another tournament with the with the top teams in the world. I don't know what they do in a one-off situation, but, you know, I, I don't see why not, because the, the main concern over the Olympics, obviously, is, like, so many sports, so many countries, so many athletes. Yeah. Not yeah. to mention all the, the staff and everything else that it takes to have both a secure and safe Olympic Games in a non-COVID time, um, but I, I could see how they could, do some kind of bubble tournament just for the international side so hopefully something happens this summer
2: yeah yeah i mean we were discussing before the show started that florida graciously stepped in and said that they would be willing to host the olympics just in <laughs> case which i'm all for i think that would be fantastic i can only imagine the the absolute chaos that that would be especially with so little uh, time on the on the back end to organize venues and stuff like that it would be terrific Um, but uh, I mean, I feel bad for the athletes that have that have found ways to, and I'm I'm not talking about soccer athletes. So bad, yeah. Like the guys that have found ways to train, you know, despite the pandemic, and now they're looking at a four-year layoff in between opportunities to compete uh, on in on the Olympic
1: stage. You had you had those athletes that were preparing for the four years for 2020, and Mm, then you got to think that they their whole training schedule they were they were. Prime to be in their their peak you know athletic fitness level at in 2020 and then that got pushed back a year and this is most of these athletes probably aren't funded uh Mm -hmm. very well or you know they they're not or if Uh, they
2: are it's always it's constantly in flux because you know when people start closing the purse strings exactly
1: exactly so yeah so then that gets pushed back a year so they have to figure out what they're going to do for the next 12 months to make sure they still stay in that peak you know form in during a pandemic Mm -hmm. and you know obviously plan towards going to the olympics and whatever and then you hear that this might happen and that's just i can't my heart goes out to that because i can't imagine i'm sure the
2: individual sports are going to try and do something in order to to maintain the status quo as best as they can but the olympics are the olympics i mean and and it's you know some of these athletes are going to miss out on the opportunity to compete in their primes and that's if you want to relate
1: that We want to relate that back to Canada soccer and just the Canadian women's national national team. I mean, Mm -hmm. think about someone like Erin McLeod, who is turned 37 I think it was this year um and even Christine Sinclair is 37 but she's still performing Erin McLeod's you know battled a lot of injuries in in her recent years and she obviously was the first choice goalkeeper for for Canada before going down with injury um Mm. and you know was this her last kind of pushback towards you know making that that Olympic Games and being being part of that that squad and you know if if the Olympics does get cancelled what's going to happen with her you know, yeah. it, it's a it's it's really, really sad to think about, like, just to bringing it down to each and athlete individually, as opposed to, mm-hmm. you know, the whole Canada soccer. It, it's just it's really heartbreaking. And uh, we wish we wish them the very best. And we hope Absolutely. that they can put together some sort of competition if uh, the Olympics does get canceled in 2021.
2: Yeah, this would be I mean, I'm, I'm guessing here, but no, no, because it went it went in World War Two for a little bit and then i'm just wondering if this is the first time that the olympics has been cancelled in the modern era
1: i i wouldn't know that you're testing on that yeah i don't know i
2: don't know (laughs) offhand yeah maybe somebody smarter can can chime in in the comments but it's certainly not it doesn't happen often i mean that's that's Mm -hmm. Mm self-explanatory
0: let's not forget canada olympic gold medalists at one i want to say 1920. I'm not sure. Well, in in the 1920s, we won a soccer men's gold medal. So that is still technically our greatest soccer accomplishment of all time. My greatest Um,
2: Olympic accomplishment is the Archie uh, or Betty and Veronica issue where they go to the Calgary Olympics and and ski. That was a great issue.
0: (laughs) I don't remember that episode of Riverdale, but at (laughs) any rate, (laughs) Riverdale. Riverdale's not Archie, man. Riverdale's. I told you uh, guys so this would be a grab bag of, of topics <laughs> on this week's show. Um, mm-hmm. right, let's let's move on. To I can discuss podcasts.
2: last night's Bachelor for at least another twenty minutes. <laughs> so. um.
0: I, I, yeah, I haven't watched it yet, so we'll have to. Uh, we'll, you we'll fool! Have to, we'll have to, that'll fool. be an after-show discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's move on to one last bit of good news, and that is the Canadian Premier League hoping to return for a full season May twenty-second. Um, that's the Victoria Day long weekend. They're hoping to have supporters in the stands as well. We'll see where they get to on that. Obviously, a lot of things, um, you know, up in the air on everything that we've talked about in today's show. But good news, I think uh, you know the Island Games definitely built some momentum back up for this league, and as close as they can get to a full season next year is is important, of course, because you know everything we saw this year was so truncated and, and like small from the Canadian Premier League. A lot of the players I wanted to see. Um a lot of the, the guys that I think could have a future in, in at higher levels, you know, they only had such a small sample size for themselves. So I'm excited to see what you know some of these guys can do over a full season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think May 22nd is ambitious.
2: I think fans in the stands is beyond ambitious. But you know, <laughs> I'm I'm a cynic by nature. Uh, uh, we have no date for the for the for the the can champ final and eh? like absolutely no even potential for a date and and we're running out of weeks yeah
1: yeah, yeah. I think I think they're, they're talking about it behind the scenes obviously there's still things that are ongoing. I think Martin Bailey was the one who said second week of March so perhaps mm-hmm. that's something that TFC fans can can look out for but I'd expect it to be somewhere around then and uh, yeah I don't know I don't see it being much earlier hopefully the MLS season doesn't really clash with that and labor negotiations don't don't affect that at all but uh there there will be some, some some action to look forward to from a TFC perspective in the next I'd say two
0: months for sure yeah one of the concerns about that of course is the international break as well you know you've got of course world cup qualifiers you've got Osorio um guys like that who are in the Canadian squad it's the international break yeah so
1: if they can avoid that, that'd be ideal. So TFC aren't mm-hmm. missing some of those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I
2: also want the narrative that Armist's first gig, first game, yeah. he can win silverware. Like, yeah. I, I, I really <laughs> want that. I mean, I know that it's such a such a lower, so so much lower on the totem pole of concerns, but. I, I, that would be amazing.
1: That'd be a good mm. start. Yeah, that'd be yeah. a positive start to your tenure, and hopefully that, that would carry over into the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ollie reported this morning, I just want to give him a quick shout-out that Kyle Becker is uh, re-upped with, uh, yeah, with Oliver I Platt, that. I re-upped that. with, with yeah. Forge FC long-term. So that's the Oliver former... Platt
2: is- is, is playing for Forge FC now
0: that <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Air for air 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 seen yeah. uh, we've <laughs> seen what Oliver can do with waking the red FC, and
2: yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> he's, I mean, I, I've heard he's pretty damn
1: good. Or, or... no, he's actually not bad, but
0: uh, yeah, I, don't uh, <laughs> I don't know if he's Canadian Premier League level, <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious.
1: Uh, but yeah, shout out to that uh, TFC draft pick, and um. Hey, he's he's done great stuff with Forge, and he's he's really cemented a spot there in his lineup. Uh, George there yeah. has a has a question: it's Canadian Championship location on neutral ground, and are they going to be playing with an orange ball? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope, I hope Dude, for the they orange can play ball. with
2: a purple ball for all I care. I just I just want to see some damn.
1: Yeah, we're if, if the Canadian Championship when it does go down, where do you guys think it would happen? I I got to say, BMO. No.
0: I I had heard some things that maybe. Out west was what they were looking at um that was of course months ago when we thought it was going to be played after tfc's season mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but yeah i i don't know like, in terms of weather that would probably make the most sense but i think if you're tron off c you're pushing heavily for it to be played at bmo and then if you're for FC you're pushing pretty heavily yeah, for it not to be played at BMO, uh, we yeah. all know the MLS sides, uh, for better or for worse, have a bit more pull potentially. At least optically, they do in terms of the, the this competition. But we'll we'll see how that turns out. That that might uh, there's going to be a lot of interesting narratives leading up to this. So game many, for sure. so
2: many, because it's just, it, just, it just it just keeps getting pushed, right? And then we keep yeah. running out of time and running out of time and running out of time. Mm-hmm. It's amazing with so much time, so much free time, we can't seem to get this game played. Yeah, but. Uh, uh, you know, I I have faith that it'll get played because I want CCL so badly. I want I want CCL, man. That's our trophy. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. That that Forge TFC matchup. That's a good one, just because there's so many crossover fans too. It, there's
0: a lot of intersections there, and yeah, I'm excited for it. It's, we'll hear more about it in the coming weeks.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Absolutely. that's.
0: Uh, that's- that's a good place to to leave things off that we're, you know, we're hoping for a couple more details on a lot of these things in the coming weeks, um, a lot mm-hmm. of speculation uh, and guesswork right now, but um, at least, you know, we have some dates that we can look forward to um, right now, which is, which is always exciting that at least plans are in place for, for all these leagues that we love to return and these national teams as well. So, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully that works out. Um, but until then, on behalf of, Jeff, Michael, myself. Hope you all have a good and safe week, and until next Tuesday. Stay warm, yeah. See you
2: next week, guys.
0: Cheers.